What's good? This is GNT. Apple leaks of the new iPhone 7 and bad, bad news. The VCR is dead. Let's get it. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives, Geek Nerd Tech. Oh. Yeah. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show where we break down geek and nerd culture from a black and brown perspective. I'm Akili Shine, and today I have a very, very special guest, my man, my brother, and certified genius, Brian Newton in the building. What's good? What's up, bro? Good Good to be here, man. Man, it's it's awesome to have you here, man. I've been trying to get you here for a long time, and you're finally in the place to be, man. (laughs) You know me, man. Cameras and attention is not my my, my go-to, but I'm here for you, man. Man, I respect that, man. I appreciate it. We're going to get into Brian a little later in the show. He is an intelligent brother. He got a lot of great takes. And uh, I, I really look forward to kind of like talking about your evolution and your genesis and all that good stuff, man. Um, but B.I.G., man. Are you a big fan? I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you grew up in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. No, born and bred, Queens, New York. But when it comes to, to hip-hop, this rap thing, I mean... Hands there's, down. There's, there's no... No. He's a killer. Like, yeah. The, like, the top five conversation doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, in my opinion, because that's the bar. Everybody else fills in where they fill in after that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is this this record, like... Why is this record nostalgic? Does it, like, associate to a particular memory? Or is this, like, one of your favorites? Oh, the, the record's iconic because it's primo, right? You know, <laughs> and... and, and you know, DJ Premier. Is this when it comes to hip hop beats, classic, the scratching and live record? It's like, he, it, it, you know, so that you put you put the best to ever do it in lyrics, and then the best, best I think in production. in production. I think it's classic. It's an underrated record, but lyrically, it's still unmatched. So one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. Well, yeah, man. Um, have you uh, been following the RNC, the convention? <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I've been traveling a bit, so I've just been like catching it either in the car or just listening to it uh, over the web. Um, it's, you know, it's, you know, the more shocking, the more profitable, right? You hey. know what I mean? Like, I think just the candidate in itself speaks to that. Yep. You know, the, we, they, the media follows him just because he's exciting. Like, would the ticket be as polarizing or exciting if it was Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> They've got tickets to sell, man. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think uh, they underestimated that we'd get to this point. Strong I think. <laughs> underestimation. <laughs> so, um, you know, as as, of, as far as the RNC goes, I mean, I feel like they got the leader they deserve, man. man. I think bravo to them, right? This is... this is Applause, applause. Applause, applause. <laughs> this is democracy in its truest form, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I only bring it up, man, because my man named Josh Tetrick, who owns a company called Hampton Creek, um, actually took out a full ad in New York Times um, entitled Dear Donald where he addresses Donald Trump and says yeah. a lot of just things about how he's unequipped and how he's like you said very polarizing and oftentimes disrespectful and dehumanizing to, yeah. to to people all over the country all over the world and so the question that I have for you is that this guy who's in the tech industry who's now being a political voice and using his his resources and his, and his finances to speak through traditional media do you think that is the right thing to do no i think you invest your money in counter initiatives right i mean you know anybody who know like again like growing up in new york i know the clown of donald trump to be of who he is right and he's a businessman first who doesn't believe in bad publicity it's like if my name comes out your mouth 
then you're I'm a part of the conversation, right? And okay. people know who I am, good or bad or indifferent, but people are talking about me. Absolutely. Historically, he's raised the least amount of political capital to run in a campaign primary right. in the history right. of this country for the most part. Right. How does he stay how does he survive? Right. Media coverage, people taking out free you know, full page ads in the New York Times that say his name. So even if I gave two shits about him, yeah. I can't help but avoid him. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I've 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 like purposely tried to like create an experiment for myself where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna just try to turn off any time I hear his name or come across <laughs> anything. And I and it no matter what I do, no matter what device forced, you're on, it's just forced into my system and Man, it's just you know, you and can't again, escape it. He's not buying ads. Everybody's buying anti-ads. For so him. if right. he, he doesn't mean. believe in bad publicity, right? Exactly. Dude, you, yeah. you, you say my name, you're doing me a favor. And I think <laughs> if people don't realize, people haven't realized that by now, they're never going to get it. But the investment should be into things that are counter, right? Just his beliefs, things that he support. But you know, man. it is what it is. I hear you, man. I totally agree. Um, well, this guy, I mean, I kind of respect his stance that he took a position and said, you know, I'm gonna spend 150k. Yeah. I'm gonna put the ad out. I don't like you, Donald Trump, and I wanted to make a big statement. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's still on people's radar. Still, you can't escape it. But the fact that he's positioning himself as a CEO of a, of a major Silicon Valley company that's gotten over $100 million in funding. Yeah. Um, and he's saying, you know, I'm, put, I'm putting the flag in, in, the, in, this, in, this, in the soil, saying this is where I am. I'm going to take social responsibility, not just as a man, but as a businessman. Yeah. And I kind of respect that. Do you feel that... Other um, CEOs in the tech world should should take such a stance, or you think they should be hush hush or apolitical? Um, no, I think I think we all believe in what we believe, and you have you know he has the resources to do that, then that's his right, to, absolutely right to do it. But I just you know I feel like there's other ways. <laughs> I, think that, I, I personally feel like it's it, there's other ways around him. Like we tend to give light to people who don't deserve it, and one hundred percent, he isn't deserving. Like 100%. he's 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 polarizing, like. I could go on in terms of how to describe it, and I won't do it because, <laughs> right, right. again, we're devoting the first couple minutes of our show to somebody that I have and no like the, interest in. Like the feature point, in. exactly. Like the feature point. So, can uh, we? You know, we can we can leave him alone. He gets no more of my time. I can't do it. <laughs> my last note about this, and we can definitely move on. Like, how do you think social media technology has uh, kind of shaped this election? Like, we're in we're in a different landscape than we were. You know, say eight years ago when Obama first, you know, came into office, and he was really the one to use social media as, as kind of like a, a tool and a strategy to really get himself elected. But how do you think we've evolved from eight years ago to now with social media technology? Oh, I think now it's an abuse of power. I think mm. you know we've seen what it was capable of doing the Obama, you know, the rise of Obama. Right, right. But I think now it's like our our, our new weapon of mass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, just because of how it's used and manipulated. You know, you look Man. at. You know, look look from a global perspective, and this you know the the military coup that took place. Now, the, the president who was who who was in ban- Turkey, who, in Turkey, in Turkey, right. who was banning social media for a long right. period of time, made his announcement that the com- that the country wasn't turning over power via Facebook Live, <laughs> and they were recording recording it in a news broadcast. The irony, it. right? Like the irony. <laughs> um, and I just think again, it gives you know. It, they, they, you have Twitter, Twitter accounts. You can speak one to one and have interactions with a particular audience. But I think you know that information gives you know not always the best voices. I think the the, the right platform, and well, you you can't drown them out. One hundred percent. So 
It is. It is what it is. But I got you. <laughs> I, I will say, man. I thought I saw your uncle on the RNC floor. Uncle it Willis. Might, uncle Willis. Might. I seen him. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be a couple, man. <laughs> there's always just going to be a couple, but like that, man. Uh, like the uh, the brother from uh, was that Wisconsin? The the police commissioner. Man, he, was that? man, he he represented us right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> are you um? Are you a big sports guy? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. excited about the Olympics? Oh, incredibly excited, man. I watched uh, all the trials actually like on television, right? Which yes, is sir. crazy counterculture, See? right? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel it, I feel it. Well, I want to ask you, man, um, being that you're in the TV world, um, you're in the distribution world, yeah. Um, and obviously the landscape is, you know, in transition. A lot of people are trying to figure stuff out. People are being innovative. Mm-hmm. People are sticking to the kind of like old traditional routes, when we talk about the Olympics, man, world stage and people, yeah. the whole world watching, do you think that more people will watch the Olympics on just traditional TV in a traditional way, or do you think yeah. people will stream it? Um, I think people will watch it the traditional way when they have the opportunity. I think it's that big of an like just you know just to see world records being broken in that moment is just right. something about saying that you were there exactly even if you weren't physically there but you watched it happen and in not catching time. it second right, right. and i think people who were in transit will just kind of pick up and when they get it but then also it's like it's an event right, right. so i just got like a 58 inch tv for father's day so <laughs> i want to see records get broken can i get an invite yeah come through <laughs> but you know what i mean but i you know what i mean i want to i want to watch that happen big screen just kind of on my couch in the moment not huddled over my mobile you know i'm absolutely i'm you know, pushing the tail end of millennials, so I might be. You know, <laughs> there's some youngin on here looking at me like this guy is. T- what's he talking about? Well, that's the thing, man. Like these water cooler moments, especially like sporting events or award shows, things of yeah. that nature. It's very hard to like watch it, you know, on your tablet or watch it on your phone. Like you want, like you said, you want to be kind of in the mix in the cut and watch it as it's unfolding. Yeah, yeah. And, like yeah. that experience is, is I guess, more enriching, more valuable than you know on on a smaller screen. And so I think. Like, even though, you know, a lot of millennials watch or, or get their content from, you know, social media or, or from a smaller device, but I think that platform of a television, you can't escape it, especially with something like this. So. Yeah, no, for sure. And then, you know, it's the windows in terms of viewing content are getting a lot smaller, right? right? You know, there was this huge period where it was like if it was on linear, you didn't see it for like after 120 days or something available somewhere else. So that window is getting smaller, but there's just value and just kind of the in the moment programming being able to count on traditional linear television right to know that like my prime time show i'm gonna get home it just helps you structure your day you know what i mean it's like i got shows to watch at this time even though i know i could catch it later of course i don't want to be late to the party i'm gonna get it when it comes on and that's just something you know that's just something that you know, slightly older audiences maybe can appreciate new, new, new fathers. Why are you pointing at me, dog? Because you're a new dad. <laughs> you, you said older audiences are <laughs> pointing at me. <laughs> because we, well, I told you, we're, we're at that tail end. Like we, we, we're not counted anymore. We're, you know, thirty fours, the thirty sixes. You know, we, you know, everybody's looking at what the twenty somethings are doing. Gotcha. They're not as important anymore. So, um, one author, I forgot his name, but he made an analogy that. Because you are 
giving people the opportunity not only to watch it obviously traditional TV, but you're giving them you know the streams, you get the streaming option. Mm-hmm. That's like a rising of the tide and makes all the boats go up. So because of that, because of you having a multiverse of options, it makes people feel more comfortable to watch it on traditional TV. Yeah. Do you agree with that philosophy or strategy? I, I support that. I support that, and I and I, I have a, a huge amount of respect for you know big cable and big t- television in general of how they've allowed this simulation of digital right Hmm. because most people aren't in the weeds of like the language that exists in some of these you know cable agreements between me as a programmer and you know time warner cox you know comcast etc right so there's language provisions that prevent you from distributing content right you know it's called you know alternate distribution means break it down right so it's called (laughs) it's called your adm rights yes sir and in that language they in detail describe the amount of content that you can make available on any platform outside of linear cable, hmm. right? Right. And so that that language is designed as a mechanism to kind of protect them, right? Because they're valuing your content at something. Gotcha. Right. So if you give it to me, but immediately put it somewhere else for free, and I'm paying you, let's say, twenty cents a subscriber, right? right then you've automatically devalued the content. Of course. So in light of that, still, they've loosened a lot of the language Hmm. that said, you know what? Go ahead, take advantage of it. You know, they'll let the big bohemists, like, you know, your HBOs of the world do it because they don't have a choice, right? right? Because they kind of have all the leverage in that situation. Of course. But again, they've been, you know, flexible in trying to figure out ways to adopt. You look at, like, Comcast, Xfinity, where they're, you know building platforms like Watchable, which is an app where you can go get some of their, you know, linear content, but then short form like BuzzFeed, HuffPost-style content. Nice. You know what I mean? So it's, everybody's kind of like, they're bending and not breaking. Whereas like, you know, because they don't want what happened to the music industry to happen to them. Of course. (laughs) They're trying to protect their interests. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it'll it'll be all right. It'll be all right. I love that, man. That was awesome. Um... Yeah, well, I, I I will definitely be tuning in um, for the Olympics. Um, I still might be going, um, but Ooh. yeah, man. Can I go? Can I? <laughs> yes, you can. My can brother. I be like a grip or like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you know me the sound man? Can I you know do what's the slate? Can I? Yeah, can, yeah, I yeah, yeah. can I? Can I do that? You can do that. <laughs> just just get me out there, man. I have I have some upsetting news though, man. I got some bad news. Mm. Um, the VCR has finally died the vcr is 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 not an icu anymore it's dead (laughs) it is dead and the burial rites are soon approaching (laughs) well yeah that that is it man like we have we have uh transversed into a time where the vcr and the vhs is now obsolete we have obviously new mediums of technology that uh facilitate the storage of our content yeah and the vcr is completely uh Obsolete. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Um, <laughs> you know, being I, I, that being that your collection is so massive. <laughs> Listen, man. I, I like I, I was telling you earlier, man. Like I, I broke my VCR out of the basement this last <laughs> weekend, so I've got a box of old music videos that I recorded that I can't wait to dig into, man. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, it, it it comes right. You know, there was you know the mini disc before the iPod remember that was a thing and then it went all the way digital so it just comes the fact that it survived this long and that there's actually a new one (laughs) the last last of the new one I mean dog there was a a statistic saying that (laughs) last year alone they sold 750,000 of them still a marketplace for them still a marketplace 
I it's mean, still a, somebody's watching them. Somebody is grabbing them. You, you know what it is though, but home video, like your Disney's and those guys, are still issuing movies in VHS. Believe <laughs> the it or not, the kids. <laughs> I, listen, and educational environments too use VCRs heavy. Still, no, they don't. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I guarantee you, you'll go I'm to somebody. Up. Somebody's school has like the push cart TV <laughs> with the VCR. You're right. On. You're right. You're right. I bet you. <laughs> Man, okay, so let me let me frame it this way. So. I mean, VCR used to be the hottest technology. You're able to, you know, essentially have, you know, instant replay in your home. Yeah. Um, you could pause, stop, rewind, go back. You could archive your own footage. You could set a timer on it. And you almost had your own programming system in your house. Yeah. That's kind of like led to a lot of new innovations. Do you think, well, I, I guess what I'm asking is technology seems to always cannibalize its its predecessor. So. Yeah. You have the VCR, you have the VHS, now you have the DVD, yeah. and you have the Blu-ray, and you have the thumb drive. Now you have the you have hard drive. Now you have the cloud. Yeah. Like, do you see that as just a part of the technological evolution? Do you see that as a bad thing? Do you see that as like kind of what's your take on that? Yeah, I think um, it's it's a necessary evil. I think that the the more the, the cloud frightens me quite quite frankly. Oh, I gotta hear the take. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta hear the take on that. Why? Um, just. Who who's controlling it? Like who who's who's the who 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 owns and manages it, right? So for instance, like Amazon Cloud Solutions probably one of the most popular, right? Yeah. They're a, a, like they service every, yeah. everybody's exactly. pretty much using them at that right. point. But you know, infrastructure, any type of issues, one outage, it could be over for a lot of people, a lot of businesses. So you you're, know what I mean? you're saying that you want like, to keep your VHSs? Partially, <laughs> right? Because, you know, remember VHS, you could record in different formats, yes, right? Like, with a VH tape, I could, like, you know, make it so, like, content was condensed, right? right so right, I could right. get a lot more on one Absolutely. tape, or for a better quality, quality. experience, <laughs> I could just, like, have one movie on right, one right. VHS, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's, it's great, it's efficient. I mean, security, I think, becomes just a concern for anybody when you start talking about the cloud. I mean, the ease that I can airdrop, you know, a, a movie file or something to your device is kind of kind right. of wild, exactly. right? So that that's the necessary evil. There there has to be a level of of openness and freedom of information in order for that technology to work, right? Hmm. So it doesn't. So the limitations of people being able to get access to it. How long did it take the FBI to like wait around for? F- for Apple before they were like, all right, we got it. We don't need you anymore. True. Right? True, true, true. <laughs> it was true. only like a couple week dance where they were entertaining them and just saying, hey, help us out. And then right, they were right, just right. like, all right, we got it. And that was the end of the story. Yes, sir. So. I feel it, man. Know, I feel it. That's a separate episode. It, it is a separate episode. <laughs> it was a good good take. I often, I often compare this topic of film or TV to music. Like, I mean, you have music um, purists that say vinyl, analog, um, is way better than you know the digitized version. Digitized version of music these days yeah. that we can find in you know in Apple Beats or Spotify or Tidal. Mm-hmm. But why doesn't that? I, mean, I think it does transfer over because a lot of directors and movie producers say they like still shooting on celluloid. They like the film yeah, yeah, versus yeah. you know shooting on cameras that are just purely digital. Would you ever say? And, and I know a, a couple artists that actually make VHS art. <laughs> it's really really weird, but yeah. Like they like the the handy cam, old school handy cam with the date in the corner exactly. and like the fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're they're purists and they like that that type of feel, that type of look, or that type of energy that it's emitting from 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 what you're watching. Do you do you adhere to that? Do you think it's it's a correlation? Do you think it's similar vinyl versus 
VHS or no? Um, different mediums, not even not, not well, even the, the same. I think it's different mediums because the sound quality from a vinyl is just unmatched. One hundred, right? But 100. I can attest to like moving from where I used to live to where I live now, and having to move, say, <sighs> twenty cases of crates of records. No bueno. It's not a cool thing. No bueno. But you know, when I'm in the corner, I got my headphones. I'm just lounging, listening to you know our records. It just it's, it's it's just unmatched, man. So that's the nostalgia. I think I of it you. and not wanting to to, to let go. So of that now, piece. now you're moving crates of VHSs. It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all right. Man. All good, man. Um, let me let me just run this by you. Like virtual reality, have you gotten a, a fair shake of that? Like to be able to demo some stuff, some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I have. Um, the you know the Samsung VR experience I think is is really really cool. Some of the stuff that they've been doing, yes, sir. Um, uh, Mav Carter and the experience that they've been working on with like LeBron and and getting that for like I think that stuff is brilliant. And in terms of you know it's taking I think consumer buying experiences hmm. to a new level, right? Because Let's it's go. like I get to sample a product you know without actually having the physical product in hand that's so, crazy so you know especially like environments right for instance because i know i i read that uh you know google was do- building like virtual stores and kind of what their stores would look like and you can walk around and talk to a representative Absolutely. and get the same experience without having a fit i mean it's cost saving like yeah. crazy but um, it just makes me still uncomfortable. Like really? when I come out of VR, I feel oh, you're weird. Like, Wait, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not built for it. Maybe I haven't done enough hours. I feel like there needs to be like a training regimen or something for it. <laughs> but um, I definitely see the value of it. I I, I do want to see the technology though transfer into education because I think that absolutely um, there's a lot that can be done, particularly in communities, low income areas, kids who can't afford field trips to right. like be able to take them to the Serengeti or something yeah. like that. Like would be amazing right absolutely um i i'm i'm looking forward in what vr does in terms of you know buying consumer purchases is one thing but i think education and medicine i think is going to be the The real areas of that 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 really take off when somebody gets their hands around it and i totally agree i i'm a proponent of that we were talking about that a few weeks back just like the various usages of vr and like how a lot of the conversation is centered around filmmaking and, you know, how brands can use it, but like mm-hmm. really harness, harnessing, harnessing it for like educational or instructional purposes, I think would be revolutionary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a great, that's a great take, man. Um, United Airlines though is using uh, VR as a way to promote their newest uh, business class product that they're, they'll be uh, unveiling this fall. And so it's exactly that. You don't have to. I mean, I don't know if you watch the YouTube clip, but you could watch. You could essentially immerse yourself in terms of what it would be like flying in this new business class part of the plane. And you yeah. can look around 360 degrees, and you see like all the new um, design that they put into the seating and all that stuff. And it's really, really, really cool. Do you think that like Do you think that this will be the norm? Do you think this will be ubiquitous of how brands launch their products? Um, I hope not, because I think it'll get cheesy after a while. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's like any other technology, right? It's like the first ones to it kind of make it their own. After right. that, everything else is just kind of carbon copies. Right. And, you know, it's business class, but it's not like you're selling them a piece of real estate. It's like a seat that's probably this big <laughs> in comparison to your seat that's this big. So you've been looking around like how no, much... No, they're saying this is a step up. This is not the normal business class. This no, is like a step up. I get it. I get it. But it's just like... I get you. I could get a coach ticket and walk through and just say, oh, oh this cool. is a really amazing right, right, space. Right. I'm going to go ahead and buy it next time because I gotcha. need to know how that seat feels. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of tall. I need to know like if I, if I recline... 
what's my leg room? You know, gotcha. I need I, there's other details that I need. You I know? Do you feel that VR from a consumer's perspective? You so you try product whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you does that make you? Does it give you any emotive? Um, does it give you an emotive experience, and does that help propel you to purchase that product? And so what I'm what I'm suggesting is that. There's a lot of people that will say, yeah, the VR is so different that it's making people, it makes people happy because it helps them to disconnect from reality. It creates yeah. this fantasy. And so once they're done, once they're, when they're in that environment, it makes them feel really good. Like it's almost like a releasing of hormones and toxins and makes them feel good. And so that, mm-hmm. that correlates to them actually having trans, a transaction with that company. Yeah. Do you, do you think that that's true? Do you think that's just, I think some marketing involved. I think it's some marketing involved, (laughs) right? But I think that in the automotive industry, I think that reigns true, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, car purchases are a thing and they're a nuisance, quite frankly. Like, even though car buying online, you can go and shop prices, you've actually got to get to the dealer and sit in the car and see how it makes you feel. Of course. You know, you got to do a test drive. Right. But utilizing VR, you could actually do test drives from your crib, right? Right. You could feel a level of torque. You could see how fast the car moves. You can see turning radius right? right you know what i mean like mercedes-benz probably has one of the best turning radiuses that's something that i could see in a vr experience Absolutely. just from like sitting in the middle of the street trying to pull a u-turn like so there's stuff like that that i can already have kind of checked off so that when i go to the dealer i'm in there and just kind of like all right this is exactly what i thought it was let's you know let's negotiate and get out of there but yes sir i mean i can't <clears throat> see it working for clothes you know what i mean because that you, you know Okay, let me let me throw one last uh, VR question at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, as it relates to filmmaking, television, um, do you think that this is the the future of of narrative storytelling? Um, for maybe more of your big blockbusters, maybe. Uh, which you know, I, I I wish Avatar was out when this. You know what I mean? Like that that. That, that would be a smasher. That would be a smasher, yeah, right? 100. Just to be able to walk around in that world and see it up close. Oh, I yeah. mean, that that and that and, and that. I mean, some sense, people yeah. would never leave, dog. No, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But in that sense, in that environment, absolutely. But um, I think you know it. It's just it's just a smart use of it, man. Mm. It's just like it's 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 a partnership that's not cut out for everybody. Mm. And if you don't use it properly, if it's not executed properly and done in poor taste, just because you utilize have the technology doesn't mean it's going to result in something good. Of course, like you could have done without it. Of course. So I hear you. I hear you. I got trends, you, man. man. I'm. So you, you, you got to be see weary VR of as a trend. <laughs> yeah, I see it as a trend. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I okay. see it as a trend, man. Like people like. Unless unless a technology f- serves as some sort of u- real utility function, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, then it's disposable in my mm. mind, right? It's like it's like TV show, like TV channels create apps. Right. I think that's asinine, right? right. You should make an app per show, right? right? You look at like Walking Dead; it's got its own app oh, because there's levels to that. Exactly, people are fans of shows, not channels of anymore. Course. That day is dead. Yeah, and so with you know, I just feel like it's a trend that people are going to eventually like. I mean, the technology is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually people are going to like that. Okay. All I right. So. I love the takes, man. I love the takes. Um, are you uh, are you a Android guy or an Apple guy with your with your phone? Oh, I'm an Apple guy. Team Apple? Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Google is actually developing a modular phone. It's called Project 
aura and essentially you're able to <laughs> like build hardware into your phone like if you're a photographer and you want to have your own camera you can actually build a piece imp- implement a piece in- onto your phone if you want an extra battery or a stronger battery you could put a, a specific piece onto your phone you could do it for aesthetic value if you want it to look a certain way i don't know about this i don't think this, this sounds, sounds cool that just sounds like a lot yeah like, like why, why would i want to do that i right? want less phone <laughs> right right <laughs> like i gotta have a watch just because like i i don't have to go reach for my phone every time Dude. something happens it's like i'm getting here i want less phone that just sounds complicated but so you know, i guess I, the 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 inspiration is like how back in the day you could customize your PC if you want to put, or your computer, you want to put more yeah. RAM in it, or you want to, you know, put a different you know, graphics card in it. Same thing with your phone. Do you, I mean, you kind of already answered it, but do you, do you prefer to have your uh, electronic product to be designed well and kind of locked in like an Apple product? Or would you want it to be loose and have the flexibility to be able to insert things and rearrange things and assemble it as you see fit? Yeah, no. I think, you know, you guys are supposed to be the expert. <laughs> <laughs> like, customize it. I'll put a different color case on it. You know, maybe a privacy, and you're good. <laughs> a privacy tent. And then, you know, I'm, I'm there, man. I'm, I agree, I'm man. You know, I remember, like, when cats were putting, like, new hard shell cases on their PC towers, you know what I mean? Like, they had the alien skins like, and all this stuff. Down, like, bro. It's just like, bro, nobody... Down. Only people who see it are the geeks who come over and, like, <laughs> hang out and play Counter-Strike with you. Like, nobody else knows that you have this decked out tower. It, and it doesn't make it better. <laughs> it doesn't... <laughs> I just I don't get this story, man. I don't I don't get why Google's doing this. I Usually mean, Google's because, innovative. They're trying know, to do stuff that's like beyond this doesn't seem like it's beyond. The alphabet boys, they just do you know, they they, they have the money to just see it throw yeah. it out and see if it sticks. That's right? exactly what it is. You know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of YouTube decisions I could talk about <laughs> that don't make sense, but it doesn't matter because right. it's just They like, got the bread, man. They got like, the bread yeah. to waste. It's just fine, man. It's fine. I won't be having a Google modular phone. No, sir. No. Well, hey, man. Speaking of phone, mm-hmm. um, there have been some Apple leaks that have revealed the new iPhone 7. Let me guess. It's like big. <laughs> <laughs> you, how did you know, bro? <laughs> bro, you are you are prophetic. <laughs> Essentially, what they're doing um, is kind of what they've done with the computer and um, the tablet with, with the iPad. They, they've created a pro version now of the iPhone. So the iPhone 7 Pro, the iPhone 7 Plus, and then the iPhone 7. So, ooh, do you think this is big news? I don't I don't know, man. I mean, the the, the pro was like one have retina and the other one well, doesn't. The, the pro like, has a much better camera. Woo! And it probably has more storage. It might have slightly faster processor. Yeah. But beyond that, like I don't foresee the pro doing anything that are people really taking those billboard photos? Or is that a sham? <laughs> actually, actually, they are taking them. Really? They are, yeah. Okay. They are taking them. All right. Them. Then maybe that's why they want you to have a better camera than I mean, because the resolution though. is already, like, really good. I but know, I, I guess, know. you know, you need post... If you're putting up a billboard in Hollywood, I guess you need, like, 20-something <laughs> megapixels at bare minimum. However, they are taking those photos and doing a hell of a retouch job on, job on that the, yeah. I'm sure the original photographer is not doing. 100%. But back to the iPhone 7, there's also, um, it's, it's a theory, that they're going to kill the headphone jack. Have you heard of that? No. Like, yeah, new iPhone 7, no headphone jack. They're going, they're going, they're kind of like want to leverage the whole Bluetooth technology 
wireless everything. Like they don't they they want to cut the wires from the phone. See, but that's not innovative though. I know, right? And even from a user ex- user experience, the reason why Bluetooth died in a lot of ways from a headset standpoint is because it was just another device you had to keep charged. Exactly. Why do you want to charge? <laughs> we talked about this like a couple weeks ago. Why do I want to charge five things? Why? Do I like, why? <laughs> that's stupid. That's really not innovative. I mean, is the headphone jack taking up that much space? Like, is it? You want to make the phone much thinner, and so we need. That's kind of like the 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 argument for it. Like, we need to make it much thinner. I mean, then involve the pin right the, the traditional headphone jack pin has been the same since, since it was like, a headphone jack pin. technique 1200 like <laughs> exactly. you know what i mean it's like since <laughs> 70s like right. 70s probably like you've guys got the all 16th the, inch you've guys got all the nanotechnology in the world like you can't find a new pin to, to, to make your, your you know your slim fast jenny craig version of the traditional headphone jack like they, see that that's the thing that apple has done man and and <laughs> since steve jobs era like yo we'll, we'll create we'll create the hardware and then we'll we'll design it in a way where we have to we have to change the way that you plug up. So all the accessories we're going to change it up. So you have to buy we have to rebuy them. So yeah. it, ma- it makes the investment even more. Like not only are you buying the phone, but you have to buy the new charger. You have to buy the new car charger. Yeah, they're doing the same thing with this. But that's just on it's 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 going a point past where it's like I feel like during the Jobs era, it was an area of innovation that made your life simpler. Hmm. And I feel like that 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 piece is lacking i think in the vision of apple products and where they're going now Agreed. it's just like Agreed. it's been always about simplicity it was about how do we make a music device that only has one big button like right. you know what i mean it's that sort of thing right. like give, making me purchase another device is one thing but then to have to charge that device probably the same way that i charge my phone like it's just that 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 doesn't make for for a, it's a, lackluster, man. It's lack it's a lackluster user experience, in my opinion. One hundred percent, in my opinion. Bro. Do you feel like this? I mean, post Steve Jobs era, people will make the argument statistically that Apple is declining in sales, it's declining in influence. Um, do you think that because the last few years their their launches have been very lackluster, very like, ooh, wow, yeah. great. Well, you- well, yeah, no, that I mean that a lot of that's fact when you look at the global market share, right? Mm-hmm. You look at emerging markets like you know, I I spend a lot of time in Africa, right, and focus on Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at that economy one, right? You look at, you know, access to wealth and what countries where people could actually afford those devices, they're incredibly expensive well, on the continent. Yeah. Right, but then you have incredibly expensive here. Well, yeah. So then, just imagine and and on on the continent of Africa, right? So outside of like your key mobile markets, like let's say you know South Africa, Ghana, Kenya, Nigeria in particular, like people aren't clamoring towards it. But then the competition is different, right? Because Android technology is a lot cheaper, a lot more widely accessible. So you have mobile manufacturers like Huawei, based out of China, that are issuing mobile smartphone devices for people for like $69, right? So that's Versus tremendous, $600. right? $600. Because across the con- sub-Saharan Africa in particular, they're investing in mobile infrastructure like crazy. Like right. for the entire continent, mobile penetration's up where somewhere near like 67%. Man. You know what I mean? On a billion person continent. That right. means like people who may not even have television things in the we'll home have a, have a mobile first. device. Right. Yeah. And, you know, mobile pay is like this big conversation here, but they've been doing that in Kenya for like five, six years already. Right. Right. Where you can go to a local market vendor and like send them money like via text message. So like 
<laughs> they're losing market share because they're not looking at the global community. They, mm-hmm. I think they 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 become too obsessed with themselves and mm-hmm. not looking at okay, what are the real needs of people in places beyond just an American market? That's an like, excellent point. They're gonna listen. They're gonna kill everybody on 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 you know revenue and profits that they make, no doubt about it. But in terms of mobile phone penetration on the international landscape, you've already seen a decline Absolutely. against you know Android devices. Yeah. So it's um it's it's interesting. I mean, but nobody nobody's gonna make more money than them. If it's a money conversation, it is what yeah, it they is. Got, they got they got mad money. Yeah, but the mar- but mark but market share is real, and people are making real lifestyle choices. And the fact that again, their phones can't get wet is is, is is a fundamental. Just kind of like people drop their phones in water all the time. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I I to your point, like I feel, I feel that. Apple, unless they're unless they're coming up with something that's truly innovative, their influence is going to decline even more. And I think because of the global community, mm-hmm. like and the accessibility of technology, and it almost being like almost even killed now because it's not really they're not really coming with anything that's earth shattering. It's like why do I need to spend six hundred dollars for a phone, as you say, when I could spend sixty bucks for one that does pretty much the same thing? More or less you know, the same. You know, I mean, think about just the phone and what it's capable of and what people actually use it. There was like a stat that people use like less than five percent of what the phone is actually right. capable of doing. Absolutely. So when you get real with yourself, it's like <laughs> it's just yeah. like uh, maybe I don't need it. But I mean user experience to me is just flawless it knows exactly what i'm trying to do with like it's just so intuitive that mm-hmm. that no one can it's it's uncomparable so i'm i'm gonna ride that wave you know i mean probably forever but i just don't agree with all the decisions that they're making and i think when the six came out it was the real turning point because i think at that point i knew they were no longer leading hmm. the trend they were chasing because yeah. when everybody talked bad about Samsung and their incredibly large phones, yeah. it actually is, became what, what a Apple consumer do? demand. Right. They, they launched the six in a larger size, six and that, plus, was, right. that was the turning point. Exactly. That's when I knew that they were chasing yeah. trends. That's what I said, trends. Not, not leading, chasing. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're chasing trends. They're tracing trends. It's, it's very true. However, their software is still on point, I will of say. Of course. Yeah. We got to move on, man. We could talk about iPhone all day, but are you going to get the new iPhone 7 when it comes out? Whatever the one is the same size as my 5S that I still have now. <laughs> like, if there's a smaller, whatever the most compact one is, I'm, I'm going to get that one. I've been holding out for it, actually. Yes, sir. So, it's all good. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to get through a few more tech um, topics. Elon Musk just outlined his master plan, part two, on how he's going to take over Uber. Have you heard about this? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely. So, Elon Musk obviously is the uh, founder and uh, developer of, of Tesla. He's, he's too smart for his old good. He's building rockets and Man, all kinds of He's in of space. Stuff, he's so. everywhere. He's, he's suggesting that he would like to develop um, infrastructure where he'll he'll take out Uber and Lyft because he makes he makes a statement saying that you use you use your car about five to ten percent of the time. Have to. Most of the time it's parked or it's not being used. So why not figure out a way where we can use the Tesla and you can make money off the Tesla and by having other people being transported in, in the vehicle because it'll be self-driving. So you don't have to worry about people wrecking it or you know doing anything stupid with it because they'll put it in there, just like Uber, but yeah. in, within the Tesla app and you'll be using the best car that's pretty much out on the market in terms of its efficiency environmentally and just in terms of its its uh, autonomous feature the self-driving yeah. aspect but of didn't it. somebody already reckon using self-driving yeah they did i mean it's still in beta mode it's still in beta yeah, mode 
butt. I mean, it's <laughs> your computer ever crash on you for no reason? Yeah, it actually, <laughs> you know? actually it has. <laughs> well, so are you saying are you are you saying that this is not a good Listen, idea? I mean, we'll get there. We're just not there, and I just want to know what the margin because the biggest thing and the reason why California as a state has been anti autopiling is because who's the liability on right when an accident does happen? Of the whole conversation is about liability. Of course, it's like. Is it the person in it, person driving it? Is it so the manufacturer? If so if I'm a Tesla Uber passenger right. and somebody sideswipes me while I'm in it, is it on me or is it on Tesla? Right. Nobody nobody wants that finger pointed at them. But that's legislative. That's not technology. It's legislative, but it still affects everybody's day-to-day. But I, I feel, from, I feel the, the legislative will eventually pass. If the technology is there... Yeah. I like, mean, listen, more people die on roadways than a lot of other illnesses and homicides and things. So I, I, get, I exactly. get the argument. I just... I don't want one. Really? No. So you, you're not a proponent of self-driving car? I, don't, I like to drive, man. See, I don't like to drive. I don't, I don't like to be like stuck to on the 405, dog. Well, you know, this is LA's a, a different anom- anomaly, <laughs> but I think in general, though, I like to drive. Yes, man. sir. Like even like, look, Tesla- but a self-driving car doesn't mean you can't drive. You just have the option. Yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> the part I think self-parking was as much as I needed. I think you know what I mean. Like if you're gonna act like. Trust, like I remember driving to New York and trying to get into the little tight <laughs> where you got, you know, your neighbor who just didn't back up. So you like thirty minutes to get in there. So you doing that back and forth. I'd love to be able to auto autopilot that that scenario, man. Yeah, or just even get out and let the car do it. You know what I mean? While I'm on my way into the house, I'd love I'd love that feature, but. 100%. I just think, you know, until they're all automated cars on the road, right. you, you're not eliminating human error, right? Well, that's what he's suggesting. He's suggesting that, you know, the technology that he's built now in beta mode is 10 times more safer than humans, what humans can do. Yeah. In terms of the mathematics that's involved, in terms of yeah. just how it's able to assess and... Yeah, and people are stupid. And people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and not just that, he's trying to not only do it in cars, but he's trying to do it in buses, he's trying to do it in um, all different forms of technology and make it all environmentally cleaner because yeah. it's electric. Like I, I, I love the plan. I think I, I love the plan. We just 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 take our time, man. That's all. Is. That's all I'm saying. There just, it is. Just take just take our time. Don't 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 rush it. Like you you're not short of any money, right? So just <laughs> let's continue invest and experiment and yes, test sir. before we put people's lives at, at risk. Are you a fan of Tesla in general? Like do you like oh, the design? Oh, I love it. Yes. I think it's brilliant. I mean, the cars perform tremendously, but. I'd still rather drive like a Porsche Turbo. Okay. <laughs> all, all 10 cylinders of it, gas guzzling. Like, I just need to feel that, you know? It's I got a, you. We, look, I got VH tapes. I got vinyl. <laughs> like, Bro, I, you're, I can you're embrace it. also. <laughs> I can embrace it, but I just, there's just things that I need, man. I got I you. I just, yeah. <laughs> well, on some sour news, man. Um, have you heard about what's been happening to Leslie Jones, um, the the star yeah, and man, Ghostbusters and harassment on Twitter? That's just unfortunate, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but you know that's that's the climate. I mean, first nobody wanted to dress her, right? It started with that, right? It she couldn't find any that. designer. She to couldn't get find a designer wow. to dress her. So that that's that. And then you know everything. And they they've been going super hard on her on Twitter, sending inappropriate photos. Yeah. Like because disrespectful comments. They need somebody to blame for that shitty movie. Of course, so <laughs> you blame, know what I mean. Sister, right? So why not blame her? That she, you know what I mean. Like that that movie was wrong for a lot of reasons. It wasn't because of the all female cast. That had little to do with it. Man. I think they just their approach to a classic was just all wrong. Man, I I just 
the question is though she obviously tweeted out um that she felt that twitter should do something about you know all the, the racial things that were happening and twitter did um the, the main proponent that was kind of like advocating for people to go to kind of like send these these photos and comments to her, to her twitter um uh, deleted or you know they deleted their account yeah. and so the question is do you think that that was appropriate uh, choice for a, a social media platform to do. Do you think that infringed on, on his freedom of speech? Like, what 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 is your take well, on no, that? Well, no, I think. Listen, man, I think Jack Dorsey needs to get focused. I think he hasn't invested in the right things. Like, I think he's been focused on like how to make Twitter popular and make more people engage. But the fundamentals of having like you know anti-bullying you know software that's kind of like canvassing what's going on like facebook like facebook right. has had for a long period of time they're like just saying they got facebook money to, to they've build it. got money though they've got money yeah i'm not gonna give them an like, excuse don't, I'm not gonna don't, give them don't an excuse. make an excuse yeah, right. for that like that it's just like um, i encourage freedom of speech but there's they're quick look these every single one of these platforms adjust our privacy policies every now and then right, right. and so most people don't even read them they just scan terms and, and conditions them, right yeah so as a subscriber one of your terms and conditions could be look any kind of hate related bullying that we have the right to remove as part and of our privacy deal. policy and it'd be a done deal that's it and the fact that they do but again when we started this conversation on our, on your boy, right? When we started that conversation, <laughs> wait, 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 who's that? You yeah, won't even no, say no, his no, name. No, I can't even do it. I can't even do it. No more plugs. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you know, we talked about the more shocking, the more profitable, right? right. And Twitter, same, as a, Twitter as a platform has become kind of like the world's kind of news outlet. Yeah. So same, the more, same thing applies. The more shocking, you know, the more profitable it becomes. He, he's 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 turning a blind eye to of a course. lot of things. You know what I mean? Of course. And, that's just the nature of the business. But then people and, are arguing that. Well, what about what about the Black Lives Matter movement, and what about you know people making comments about that? Yeah. Should they be censored? I mean, listen, it could be, it could be. Uh, listen, uh, listen, you, for hate mongering, hate mongering, yeah, and 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 activism, I think are two different things, man. That's a perfect way to say it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it. they're just two different things. And, that's a perfect you know, way to We put can it. agree or disagree on that, but I just feel like they're very two different things. And that I don't want to go into that because that'll be that's a whole other show. Yeah, we'll be talking hours on that. Anyway, <laughs> I want to get into you, man. Um, let's let's talk about Brian Newton, man. Oh, kind of give me your, your origin story of how you got into the television Game. Um man, my my origin story of television is kind of like suits almost. Where <laughs> I had a random chance to run into a uh, a longtime executive and kind of give him my story, and he said, yes. "You know what? I'm going to give you a shot." Okay. Um, but traditionally, um, I went to school for for marketing, but yes, uh, traditional like B two B professional selling. Um, it was boring. <laughs> yeah, I did it for Pepsi for for years, and you know. It's it's just there's no creativity involved, and in, mm-hmm. in my core, I was always a creative. Like yeah. when I was in high school, I was an art major. Mm-hmm. It was that sort of thing. So needing to feed that beast, that was a huge part of my transition to coming to California. And so what sales did give me though was the tool, the ability to connect dots. Like yes, I learned consultative selling, mm-hmm. like in school, and then also professionally. So it gave me the ability to always identify win wins. Right. So when I moved to LA, like I kind of made my focus about you know, Adobe Photo Suite, learning the tools and being able to like 
manifest like ideas and things on paper so there it is you know in, in, in california man everybody's got an idea for something but yeah. most people don't know how to turn Execute that into it. a pitch right. or an idea right. to, to walk into a weinstein or somebody and like get it that done. yeah and um I, I i was able to craft a little lane for myself hmm. man and um you know everything from you know sponsorship deals for like matt kemp to you know tv show pilot ideas where i was able to just you know give kind of basic create basic title treatments but then spell out a story on how this worked for this particular network based on what so they're strategy doing, given strategy right. and be able to you know give someone you know a producer like such as yourself the tools to walk in a room and be able to, to articulate that story and why it fits for that brand so right. um i ended up doing that and um for someone who was pitching a show the gm that he pitched it to at the time was like well, i loved it. it was like who did this we had like a three-hour coffee chat and he just was like you know i think i have something for you Ooh. and 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 um it it started but at that time and i wasn't even watching television i didn't even have a television at Dang, that time that's a crazy turn yeah, so yeah you didn't have a television and then now mm-hmm. you're approaching a, a television career now yeah yeah yeah. so you but, had that coffee so we had the coffee uh he was the general manager of a time of a small network called the africa channel and um but he had a long long history working for uh, hbo uh, Simmons Lathan, uh, NBC. He was a huge executive there for some time. So he has this 25 year career. Right. Um, this was kind of him just taking on a project that, you know, that he felt obviously some passion towards. Right, right. And, um, you know, so he gave me, he said, look, he's like, you're obviously immersed in kind of this new culture in terms of technology, influence marketing, all this stuff that's going on. And he's like, I'm a dinosaur on TV. He's like, so how about we make a deal hmm. for the next two years? You teach me everything you know in that space and I'll combine everything I know into you Whew. over that time period. That's what's up. And, um, and so what we did was we took a brand that current, that was currently at the time on Time Warner Cable and Comcast um, that didn't really have a positioning, and it was in jeopardy of being cut off. You know, mm. think about the television landscape, cord cutters, et cetera. Right. Um, so the affiliates were just kind of like, look, who who is this brand? What does it speak to? Like, who, who is it connecting with? And um, we were tasked with giving it a position to help delineate itself from everything else that was in the marketplace. So the subject of Africa is always going to be a touchy subject because right. people have a natural, like, Oh, you're talking about Africa? So it must mean war, disease, famine, poverty, that sort of thing. Exactly. Um, so we took a different approach, right? We looked at the landscape and said, okay, you know, there's lifestyle programming that, you know, owned by scripts, you know, but they're not really diverse in their content offering, at least in terms of cast or any pe- having people of color on any of their shows. But then you have your black targeted networks that are like, you know, BET, Aspire, TV One that pretty much show all the same content right. old, old movies films Martin you know that whole thing so yep. we were like what if we created a brand that sat in the middle hmm. we get, we created lifestyle content travel lifestyle culture would be our positioning that lived between your traditional lifestyle programming networks and right. your African American targeted networks that's awesome it was a fundamental idea that you know ultimately ended up working and wow. I got the opportunity to learn the business from soup to nuts everything from satellite delivery to traffic how traffic worked with advertising to uh, the whole production, shebang. the whole the whole shebang, man, in, in a very short period of time, that's you know led to deals, our renewal deals with Comcast. We just got a five year renewal deal, which is crazy because people are jumping ship from cable. So for them to make that kind of investment for us is huge. Right. Um, time Warner renewed as well. Um, you know, we're right now building with Verizon FiOS, so that you know <laughs> what I mean. So that's yeah, like, hush hush that. But um, I it's just, ask it's you, just been an incredible, just learning experience, man, and and has 
you know, really changed my feeling towards television because I have the opportunity to kind of make content that I care about and trying to light on a place that 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 doesn't get its due. I want to ask you, yeah. so where, where do you go from here? Um, What's the future look like for, for Brian? Uh, the future for me is, I think, I think using this opportunity is to position myself in, you know, larger institutions like a Comcast or something like that and playing this 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 game of kind of multicultural within general market because mm. these they can't deny that in the next 20 years, you know, the world's going to be brown. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so your 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 main viewing audience, African Americans already outview the general population by something like seventeen percent. Hmm. We're talking about two hundred and seven hours of content on a monthly basis that they watch in comparison to everybody else's wow. in the one seventy range. That's a crazy like that. statistic. It's crazy, Man. it's crazy. So um, they can't. It's something that they can no longer deny. Of course. And now the power lies in numbers, and I'd love to be a part of the teams that are thinking up kind of like where did the television landscape go now how do we incorporate digital how do we serve this audience that's obviously shifting and Dang. i'd love to just be a part of that man so we'll, we'll see Bro, that is huge yeah, that is man. huge man i want to ask you tons of stuff we only have a few more minutes but sure. i do want to ask you like in your navigation up to where you are now what you foresee yourself doing in the future like do you do you see i mean we talk about it all the time offline about yeah. how how we Obviously, we have a lot of African-American actors and people that want to be directors and producers using the camera in front or behind the camera. We don't see too many of us in in the ranks of the front office and in the executive positions. Yeah, because because that's not sexy, man. I think Hmm. we've been programmed to be like, you want to be in entertainment, you get to be the athlete, you get to be the Sambo, you get to be that guy. You don't get to control the strings, right? And so they've painted that 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 seat at the at the head of the table is uh, with an unsexy kind of canvas, right? right. You don't want to do that. You right. don't want to be bothered with that. Well, but, that's where the power is, you know. But that's been the beauty about this experience is that I've had because I've got to you know uh, to get a deep understanding of closed captioning, hmm. and you'd be surprised to know that there are like no minority owned black owned businesses in the closed None? captioning space. Not to my knowledge. If, if you're there, like, please hit me. Uh, I'd love, I'd love to meet you. <laughs> yes, sir. But that's a lane in television where we're, we're not a, there. It's it, we're not there, Man. and that's a mandate, right? So right. as a, as a minority owned business, you can actually like get money just for being there in right. the space because they they're going to benefit and get incentives for actually working with you. So right. you could be getting two hundred and fifty an hour, three hundred dollars an hour. Are for you saying captioning. we need to start our own closed exactly. captioning company? I mean, but the same goes for like signal delivery. You know, live streaming, like none of these things we're in. There's hmm. so many other elements to this business beside what's going on screen right. that we have absolutely nothing to do with. I've met one. Bars, bro. I've met, yeah, I'm telling you, I've met one probably, like one brother who's been like kind of an OG in signal delivery and, and, and giving up. But yeah, man, it's, 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 it's tough out there. <laughs> man, bro. Awesome, awesome, awesome takes. Um, I got a, uh, we're about to head out of here, but before we do that, I want to um, give a shout out to one of our friends, um, Fresh Books. For small business owners, it's time to be honest about how you feel when dealing with your day-to-day admin work. Admit it, you can't stand it, and it's a total, total grind. The truth is, over 5 million small business owners felt exactly the same way until they discovered FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the dead simple cloud accounting software that's transforming how small business owners handle their paperwork. 
using FreshBooks to create and send an invoice literally takes about 30 seconds. It's very quick and swift. There's no formula or formatting. It's just perfectly crafted invoices every single time. And this is very important for you know business owners and entrepreneurs like yourself and, yes, and, and me. Um, your clients can, can pay you online, which often means you end up getting paid a lot faster. There's a super handy deposit feature so you can invoice for a payment up front when you're kicking off a project. FreshBooks can even show you whether or not a client has looked at the invoice you've emailed, which I think is super cool. And this is only a fraction. This is only a small part of what FreshBooks can do for you. And you owe it to yourself to feel the full effect of FreshBooks on you and your small business. It, it, it does wonders. For a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash geek. That's G-E-E-K and enter Geek Nerd Tech in the How Did You Hear About a section. Once again, for a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash geek, G-W-E-K, and enter Geek Nerd Tech in the How Did You Hear About a section. FreshBooks um, is awesome, and I suggest that you all go up and sign up for it. It's great. Brian. Brian Newton, man. Bruh, you got me. I appreciate you, bro. On podcast and camera right now, and you killed it, man. <laughs> you got to come back, man, because we got we got to have more of a, a deeper dive about you know your experience in the, in the television industry, and just we should just do a whole show just on TV and all that stuff, and really yeah, like no, go man, in. man, I love to. I've I've become really opinionated, man. I've I've been trying to find my platform, but I've got a I got a lot I got a lot to oh, to you, blow the lid off on. Like, and not just I, that, you got a lot to educate. You got no, a lot to educate, sure, bro. People sure, could. Sure. I mean, it's inspiring, man. Like when you say. We're not in certain spaces. Yeah. Like, man, people don't know that. And yeah, to hear, hear that from you and hear, have you tell that to the audience, I think it's great, man. Yeah, for sure. So where can people find you, man? Uh, in North Hollywood, <laughs> at the office all day. No, but um, I'm not really crazy on social, but uh, It's B Mitch is, uh, is the handle on Twitter and Instagram, I-T-S-B-M-I-T-C-H-E-S. It's B Mitch's at uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yes, sir. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. Um, I appreciate you again, man, for coming on, and I wish you wish you much success in your endeavors, Thank bro. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be Continue to climb, here. man. I'll be back, man. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Geek Nerd Tech, see you next week. All right. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.